Hello, welcome to episode 14 of the Edge Podcast. My name is Paul Carey and I'm here with Carly Steffen, communication strategist here at Periscope. Hello. <laughs> and each week on this show, we do our best to highlight the top trends in new media, communications, tech, and culture, all wrapped up in that agency viewpoint. And today with Carly, we're going to talk about all things comms planning and what that means for brands um, you know, here at Periscope and elsewhere and we're really excited to have her on thank you so much carly for coming on of course and just a last quick reminder that um you know all views on this podcast are our own they don't necessarily reflect periscope and they may not always be 100 percent correct and if you ever have feedback for our podcast please visit edge.periscope.com and let us know what you think or if there's anything you want us to talk about so without further ado um carly You've been doing comms planning for a long time. What exactly is comms planning? I mean, it's such a vague term. I would love to hear what how you define it. It is, and there's a lot. There's probably a lot of confusion around it because, um, you know, different agencies, different teams, they they call it different things. Some I've heard engagement planning, I've heard connections planning, and comms planning. But overall, what the purpose of comms planning is is to have a people first approach and really begin to bridge that gap between strategy and execution. Um, I think a lot of the times when we get, you know, we hit the ground running with creative or media and we don't necessarily always have the time to take a step back and bridge that that gap between all of the great strategy work we're able to do for that brand and then at the execution mode. Totally. And I know you have a little bit of background in media. How does this differentiate from a media plan? Because even I get confused as to what a you know, media person would do versus what like a comms planner like you would do or strategist. Yeah. So as you said, my background is in media and that's intentional. Um, this this position has been really exciting for me because I've been able to take a, take my knowledge in media and and um, take a step broader and i'm able to start to def- differentiate exactly what the difference is between media and comms planning and you know they should be considered completely differently um, there's two separate initiatives but they're also done in specific order so um, i know in the real world that might not always happen um, because sometimes you know a project might kick off sooner than you think but Really, the purpose of comms planning is to inform and inspire media planning. So um, it's it's a good way to ensure that we're producing media plans that are that are audience tailored um, and we're utilizing the right vehicles at the right time and then with the right message. So also bridging media and creative together. Gotcha. So in general, would this come before the media plan is made, correct? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's ideal. That's yeah. always ideal. It doesn't always happen that way, but um, it's it's a really great way to bring um, strategy and creative and media up together on the table um, before we kick anything off and make sure that creative and media are both planning in the same mindset. Cool. So who normally, and I'm sure it depends on the project or whatever, but who is normally involved in this type of plan? Is it is it a one man band? Like, are you by yourself, or do you do you loop in other people as the process goes along? Um, yeah, um, definitely not a one man band. <laughs> it takes it takes more than than one person to accomplish um, comms planning. Honestly, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, Historically, we've used a couple brand strategists, the ones that are, you know, really deep and involved and understanding of that brand that we are working with, um, and then paired it paired with a communication strategist such as myself. So that's kind of taking it one step further towards media and understanding her 
when I say her, I mean yeah. um, understanding the audience's media consumption habits and how we could potentially message her and what the right what the right vehicle is for the right sort of objectives that the brand is um, trying to achieve. So I'd say that's definitely the best. Um, bringing the client in is important as well. So we've had a couple a couple scenarios um, where. We find out a lot. We find out a lot about the brand. We find out a lot about the client. Um, and this project has produced a lot of great conversation, even internally within client teams. Um, we kind of we kind of force and ask some some tough questions. We want to make sure that everyone's speaking the same language. Do we know who we're trying to reach? Um, so that's that's definitely been one of those hurdles to get through. But I think it's it's also brought a lot of benefit within a client team as well. Yeah, totally. And I've heard through the grapevine, you know, that once the client is in this process, they're always pretty impressed and they, they they're happy they did it. But at the same time, it can be kind of this. And correct me if I'm wrong. Kind of an abstract thing to sell in, like. I'm putting my client head on. Yeah. Why would I need this? Why do I need to pay this agency to do this? Um, what are what are kind of ways you, you tell them like, hey, this is really important and kind of get that buy-in from them because it is, you know, some of these can cost a lot, a lot of money and take a lot of time. Yeah. Um, so do you, have you ever ran into that at all? Yeah. I mean, I would say that we've had a lot of patience in selling this in. Um, it takes time. It's, it is a big project and, you know, it, it takes time to walk through with whatever brand or client we're working with, um, if this is right for them. And I mean, I'm a little biased. I would say yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> most brands should work on something like this because it's always surprising, even if there is a client team that's airtight, we poke holes and yeah. we do it for the benefit of making sure that the, everyone understands all of the communication happening internally and externally of this brand. Mm -hmm. Everyone's speaking the same language. We're all clear on, on um, you know, the brand's position, and also more than anything, I think we start to identify what we want to say to who. And I think you know it sounds so simple, but understanding each audience's motivations, it's it gets complicated. And this is a very great way to lay it out and totally take it. Um, we were in a meeting together, and you were kind of our like tool wizard you're so good at all the different types of tools that go into the research and all this can you just describe um you know what tools we have here at periscope and how you use each one and um you know primary and secondary research all that stuff is really interesting can you just speak on what what kind of tools go into buildings like sure. a full-on comps plan yeah there's a lot there's a lot of research um a lot of sifting through data um we have been using primarily been using mri and yougov within um, the Periscope walls. Those are two awesome tools that complement each other very, very well. Um, but outside of that, we're looking for primary research within the client team, secondary research, but we couldn't really do this full project without all four of those pieces we've found because we're constantly trying to find ways to validate other pieces of research. Um, I know a lot of times I will be working on a client or with a brand and there are 10, 50 page decks of research and that's not helpful. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot, it's overwhelming, which is great, but what this project does, even in the most simplest of terms is organizes all of that research that we have. You know, um, a lot of the, f in the forefront of this research is us sifting through all of it and putting it, 
packaging it in a way that's actually usable yeah. for both creative and media, mm -hmm. which I think has been incredibly successful in the past. Cool. And um, if you don't mind, can you just explain to everyone what YouGov does and MRI? I yeah. Know, I know it's kind of self-reported uh, survey data, but yeah. if you can just explain the process and how that data comes to fruition because it's pretty interesting. Yeah, definitely. So MRI and YouGov are similar in the sense that it's self-reported. So a survey goes out, people take the survey, um, and then we get all of that data back. So it's very helpful because these two companies have a lot of data, a lot of information about consumers, and it's it can be very powerful. But a big caveat is it is self-reported. So, of course, I would like to say that I'm a happy chipper person, but maybe my neighbor wouldn't like to say that. So <laughs> it's worth kind of um, layering on non-self-reported data as well, things like um, Comscore, you know, understanding what sites that people actually go to and yeah. seeing different types of behavior that they're not reporting themselves. I might tell you that I go to CNN every morning, but it might actually yeah. be Us Weekly. Yep. So it's it's helpful to do a little bit of both. Cool. Yeah, um, they're really cool tools. I've, I've dived in a little bit and I'm really impressed. Also, YouGov is all done online, so it's really up to date. It is. Um, they're asking yeah. you about like recent events and what mm -hmm. you feel about it. And so you can cross-reference that with brands. And yeah. Like, wow. So and that's, that's back to the conversation of the benefit of using multiple tools, right? I mean, YouGov has that very updated data, but it's also, um, you know, it's self-reported and people don't answer every single question. You run into hurdles just like you would any other tool. And MRI, on the other hand, people answer every single question. So you have a ton of information, mm -hmm. but it's only updated every six months. So if there's a current event going on um, within a certain industry and you want to stay on top of it, you kind of need to use both. Totally. Yeah, tools, so important. They're kind of expensive, Ugh. but, uh, you know, I think that we've, we've already seen, we bought YouGov pretty recently here at Periscope, and I think it's been widely we, used. Yeah, we're using it. We're definitely using it. So, uh, Carly, how much does this affect the creative team, and how does that handoff look when you say, okay, you know, I've done all this research. Here's who we're trying to reach. Um, I know creatives can be, you know, somewhat uh, picky about how they work with people and whatnot, mm -hmm. but how do you, how does that handoff look and how, do, how can this impact the, the final creative that is actually produced by, you know, the TV spot or the, the banner, whatever it may be? Like, sure. how does that look and what have you kind of learned throughout your experience? Yeah, so, I mean, to your point, creative, creative folks are very passionate. They have great ideas and they want to run with them and I don't blame them. I've seen a lot of success bringing a creative team in early mm -hmm. to this type of process. Um, there's a couple phases that, that we go through within this project, and the first one is really that data dump, that research, that sift through, and that's, you know, I, I'm willing to take that on, and no one else has to really be too much on the table there, but when we have the opportunity to present that profile to a creative team and then bring them in when we get to more complicated deliverables like a communication architecture, that's where they're able to really understand the benefit of understanding this person. And it's been very successful to help them before they have that huge, amazing creative idea to show them what the kind of person this is. So they're not so they're not ideating and creating around something that actually isn't feasible to reach the audience we're going after. So if anything, it feels like they're very gracious for us being able to tell them, hey, we're not gonna reach this person on TV. I know you have a beautiful video spot, but let's start to brainstorm how we could reach them on Snapchat or YouTube or some shorter form. And it's, it's definitely gone over really well. Nice. 
Okay, this next question is kind of hard. It's、Uh-oh. like choosing your favorite child. <laughs> But、uh, what, in your opinion, what would be the most crucial piece of a comms plan? Is it the comm mark, the people placemat? I mean, there's so many, you know.、Uh, Pieces of this thing. If you had to pick one, <laughs> and I know it's really it's difficult, <laughs> what would it be, Carly?、Um, the most crucial piece.、Uh, well, I like to, before I even answer your question, the way I like to think of comms planning is、um, kind of like an equation. You can't really get to one step without the, the adding the other two together. So one could not live very well on its own.、Mm. But I would say,、um, I'm a little biased, but my favorite part is the communication architecture because that's basically pulling every single thing we learn together. And the most crucial part about it is it becomes actionable.、Yeah. And I think that's what we're feeling that a lot of our clients are craving right now is hey, we have 50 decks with、right. 50 pages in、right. each, and it's all this great research, but no one's taking it and running with it. And What I love about the communication architecture is it really lays out a way for us to showcase everything we learn about this person and exactly how media and creative can take everything we've learned and put it into real life campaigns.、Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, it's so important, you know, because it, I think the beauty, and you've been talking about this throughout、um, this podcast, is the simplicity of it and finding that most important nugget. Um, because it, it can get easy to get lost in YouGov、mm-hmm. and MRI and whatever research the client has. And it's like, what is actually the truth?、Um, and that's our job as an agency to kind of sift that out. Okay, so you've done a few of these in your life. <laughs> what are some of the biggest obstacles you face? Like, what are some things that, you know, what are some annoying things that you are always like,、oh, I hate <laughs> this part of it, or I have to, you know, sell this into this person? Are they internal, external? Kind of what, what,、um, what are some obstacles you've had and how have you gotten around them? You know, it's an obstacle, but again, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but client alignment.、Um, it's not, I wouldn't say it's been annoying because I think it's actually been very healthy discussion,、um, but it's definitely an obstacle. I、yeah. think that a lot of people go into this thinking that everyone's, everyone knows exactly who we're reaching. And especially when you layer on another agency partner,、mm-hmm. you know, you, have,、oh, wow. you can have up to three agencies and one client team, and everyone thinks we're telling the same story, but in reality, we're not. And even that very first meeting sometimes reveals a lot, and it's an obstacle to get, obstacle to get through.、Um, but once you do, it's, it's only for the better.、Yeah. Um, So, I think if I had to identify one, it's going back in time over and over, like, oh, wait, that's not, that's not how we're defining it. That's how someone else is defining it. But again, the end result is if anything, you get clarity and、yeah. everyone's, everyone knows exactly who, what our goals, objectives, audiences, et cetera are. So, I'm putting my client hat on. And how often do you think this should happen? Like, are you, do you normally do this for a yearly plan or is it just like, hey, we have this campaign in September and we need to know who we need to talk to? Like how, what's the cadence of a, a comms plan in the、yeah. most traditional sense? Does it vary? Or? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. And, you know, I don't think there's a perfect answer.、Mm-hmm. I think、um, it really is dependent on the client's needs and the brand's needs. But rule of thumb, if there had to be one, I would kind of say is like, Whenever objectives change for the brand, or whenever an audience changes for the brand, whenever there's a change that we need to start 
pulling research, whenever a lot of research is done and it needs to become actionable. So if you think in you know broad terms, if, if a brand identifies that they have a new audience they want to bring in, they're going to do a lot of research on that audience. Um, and then the next step is to learn how to communicate to that person. So that's kind of, that's that would be a perfect time to bring in comps planning. I think it doesn't happen much more often than on a yearly basis, yeah. honestly. I think a lot of larger companies work on that annual, they identify new goals on an annual basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but really it's, it's when something changes and yeah. within the foundation of the brand, I definitely think it's worth going through this process again, especially when, um, you know, messages change. Let's figure out what these people care about and what motivates them and how we can attract them and then start to layer on the businesses of uh, initiatives and making sure that um, we're all aligned. Okay. Last question. Cool. What does success look like? So you've signed and delivered, you've done all this research, you've given it up to the creative team. What puts a smile on your face after you've you know talked to the creative, the clients all aligned? What kind of is that end result that that kind of the best situation that can come from this? Yeah, it's it's funny because sometimes comms planning can feel a little fluffy, right? It's not not like media where we say success looks like a certain amount of click throughs right. and it's not as cut and dry like that, but you know what I've found that excites me the most and I feel the most success in is when I meet with a creative media team and everyone is on board and ideas, when you walk through a comark, ideas instantly start popping up. And it's really, really exciting to see creative and media teams come together because it's not always the simplest ask. It doesn't always happen perfectly. And when you give two different teams a foundation to work to both work from, really great things happen from it. Totally. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, again, that was Carly Steffen on our podcast today, and she talked to us talked to us about comms planning and what that takes, all the research, the tools, um, and all that. So Carly, thanks so much for hopping on the podcast. Of course. Making your podcast debut. <laughs> um, so yeah, we really appreciate that. Um, and this was episode 14 of the Edge podcast. For more, you can always visit edge.periscope.com where we're updating with breaking news in the industry, kind of inspirational things. Um, so please, please give that uh, website a look um, and subscribe to our podcast. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. Um, we do these about every week, trying to bring in more people from around the agency like Carly to give us kind of new viewpoints and ideas of how we can best, you know, create the best work here at Periscope. Um, and again, if you have any questions, there's a contact us page on edge.periscope.com. And with that, we'll see you next week. <laughs>